0: Block Talk Radio.
1: From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. What's wrong with him? My first thought would be alive. Time
2: the Ken Reedy Show. Whatever he is, he destroys you
0: dig it? Uh, it's amazing. You know, I, every every week I set the, the newer open to start the show, and Blanc Talk Radio is just in love with the older openings. I, I don't know. So, uh, again, another retro beginning for the Ken Reedy Show. Thank you all for tuning in. It is the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. It's been a couple weeks since we've gotten to talk to you about the wonderful world of pro wrestling. So uh, give us a call, 347-838-9815. You want to talk some pro wrestling. Hope everyone had a great Memorial Day weekend. Finally, we got some warm weather The start of the summer season. So time to kick it off. And uh, last night was payback, and we're going to get into that. Be sure to check us out on the Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. You want to check us out there. Later on, we'll have a raw chat going on. And as the show goes on, we'll have a show chat going on on the Facebook page. So head over to Facebook. Again, that's facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Uh, You check us out on Twitter, our handle on Twitter, at The Ken Reedy Show. Pretty easy to follow that, at The Ken Reedy Show. On Twitter, check us out over there And as always, you can head over to kenreedyshow.com our website We got a lot to talk about, two weeks worth of stuff We had payback last night, reaction What does that mean uh, going forward tonight into Monday Night Raw As we enter the warm weather? Are we starting to see the seeds planted for SummerSlam? So much to get into Couldn't do it without my tag team partner He is on the line from Connecticut Dave, how are you doing this evening?
3: I'm ready to dust the cobwebs off the old notebook and uh, start talking some wrestling. Let's do it.
0: So last night was uh, payback. Um, you know, not one of the big four. Uh, but, you know, overview-wise, I thought it was a solid pay-per-view. You know, you saw some some reports online. You know, I mean, we try to get around and, and see what people are thinking. So not not like official reports, but just... Reading some stuff uh, There are some things I, I saw online that, that said potentially pay-per-view Of the year I, I think it couldn't be More further than the, from the truth uh, I don't think you're looking at a pay-per-view Of the year candidate um, But I thought it was a very solid Pay-per-view, I think it had some Real decent matches uh, I thought Cena And Wyatt was an incredible match I thought the Shield uh, Evolution Was a great match uh, so you had some really great matches you had some some good segments uh i i'm digging what alicia fox has been doing as of late so the ladies are all of a sudden relevant so you know again i'm not gonna you know get all like gushy over what we saw at a payback but you know for a pay-per-view that's not one of the big four for a pay-per-view that uh you know who knows uh, you know not maybe low expectations. Whatever. I thought it was a very solid pay-per-view. I thought it was entertaining. I don't think it dragged at all uh, throughout the night. So all in all, a solid pay-per-view. Your thoughts overall on payback, Dave?
3: I thought it was a good show. I had no complaints with it. Um, it, it to me, I I can beat this term to death, but it's it's showing more and more, you know, a changing of the guard with the talent that's being used. Um, just. All the segments were good. Matches were good. I loved the the, the Sheamus-Cesaro match. It was a very cool match. Um, Those two have good chemistry together. I thought it was a a, a good way to open up the pay-per-view. You know, Cena-Wyatt was great. We'll get into that later. Shield Evolution was a good match, too. Uh, The crowd in Chicago was pretty much hot for just about everything, including the I like the uh, Rusev-Big E match, although it was short. It was was good that way, and it was very physical. We can discuss that as, as well. Overall, top to bottom, I'd give this a B+. I thought it was a really good pay-per-view. It wasn't pay-per-view of the year. I'll tell you that much, but it was a good pay-per-view nonetheless.
0: Yeah, I think we're right on the same page there. I think I'd probably, you know, B, B+, uh, I'd give it. Again, I, you know, the one thing I do like about it a lot um, is, you know, we didn't have any real chunks of time that dragged. So, you know, for the three hours or so, uh, you were entertained, so I thought it was a real good pay-per-view. I got to ask you, Dave, curious. Are, are you a Bo Lever?
2: <laughs> you
3: know, I I, I find, I'll, you know, it's funny that you mention that. Um, Rob Feinstein from RF Video, I'm friends with him on Facebook, and you know who he is. Um, he made a post about Bo Dallas and how he felt that, you know, in today's wrestling landscape, especially in WWE, when they bring a new guy in, it's all about getting a catchphrase over, and it's not getting the the individual and the talent over as well um i would have to differ with him i didn't comment on his post on facebook but um yeah it can get annoying at times when he comes out and he says you know be a bow lever but he's so over the he's so over the top corny and cheesy that, it's, that to me it's drawing a reaction and a negative reaction but in a good way it's his character and it's similar it's a similar formula that WWE used Kurt Angle when Kurt Angle first debuted he was this you know over the top you know goody two-shoe but they learned pretty quickly that the audience wasn't going to you know wasn't going to gravitate to that and then that was a blueprint from when The Rock first debuted and how he was this goody two-shoe smile on his face baby face all the time and people hated that as well so I think it's getting over i'm a, am i i'm I a believer um I'd have to see more of his in ring work and really see what um you know what kind of feud you know on the main roster he gets into and see how he goes from there
0: yeah it's funny because i i'm I'm in a real like you know jury is kind of out with with him as well um i, I want to see more in ring i it's funny because I don't know i don't know what i think of of the uh believer thing and and maybe you know i find myself maybe it's a little bit skewed because he's related to bray wyatt that um i'm i'm hoping for a little more charisma um i I don't know like sometimes when he's doing the um his 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 catchphrase it's you know like it it looks like he's acting it's not coming off as as it's genuinely him um so I am I'm, I'm, i can't say that I actually am a believer as of yet. Um, I'm hoping, to, you know, obviously we'll see more of him in the ring. It was an interesting segment uh, set to take on Kofi Kingston, um, which I was actually curious to see uh, how those two would, would work with each other. And then we, we have Kane come down and uh, beat the holy bejesus out of Kofi Kingston. I mean, you know, is this just something that, you know, we're just show, trying to show, like, how much of a monster Kane is. I mean, uh, you know, do we see Kofi Kingston want a piece of Kane uh, tonight on Raw? I mean, what were your thoughts on that whole segment last night?
3: I, I, it's tied into, you know, the, the Daniel Bryan uh, segment, because if you watched the, the pay-per-view last night, even the pre-show, they had Kofi was on the pre-show panel and uh, it was made mentioned that he had said he had put out a few tweets regarding the Daniel Bryan decision, and at one point in that tweet he had mentioned that Stephanie McMahon was abusing her power. And he backed up on it, and he agreed, you know, with his tweet, and he didn't, you know, back down from the PT questioning him. But um, he sells a good beating. He moves around in there, and I think that was just in more ways to to get Kane on the show and to, you know, show that the authority – I don't know, it's got their – it's hard to explain, but I think it was more or less to show that, you know, that Stephanie McMahon and the authority were, were, were watching everybody and what they had to say regarding the Daniel Bryan situation. I hope it does more for him, but I don't think it is. I think Kofi Kingston's going to be one of those guys that he's just a reliable talent that they're going to use for any situation it calls for. And like I said, he knows how to take a good beating because he can bounce around and flip-flop and fly. And Kane's good in his part, so I, it worked. Um, I don't know what it did for Bo Dallas, but the, the, the segment worked um, for Kane and Kofi.
0: Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe we see uh, since they didn't get to wrestle, maybe we see that rematch tonight, quote unquote rematch uh, between Kofi and and Bo Dallas. I am, I, you know, I, I mean, Bo Dallas definitely got uh, my curia- curiosity peaked, and I, I kind of want to see what what we're going to get out of him. Um, You know, again, I can't say that I've totally bought into the character, uh, as of yet. So it remains to be seen, um, as you talked about, you know, you referenced the authority, um, you know, interesting as the WWE tries to, uh, kind of flounder around and keep that belt around or belts around Daniel Bryan as he is on the shelf right now. Uh, who knows when he's going to come back, uh, you know, it's it's you know we talked about this last show. I mean, as as much as it it sucks, and again, like Daniel Bryan, um, but man, I I I'd strip him. I would have stripped him of the belt. It makes more sense storyline wise. Now, I thought that Triple H did a nice job in his interview with Michael Cole. To say, well, if we strip him, we make him a martyr. So we don't want to do that. We want to have him give it up on his own. You know, it it helped the storyline a little bit, but to me, all in all, uh, you've got to strip him of of the belt. I mean, it sucks, but to me, that's the the right storyline to go with. Obviously, the WWE decided not to go in that direction, so they're kind of trying to figure out a way to to keep that belt on him. And last night, another segment where, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan is expected to give up the belt. Uh, To me,. You saw it coming from a mile away that, uh, you know, it's either your wife's job or you give up the belt. Uh, I mean, I don't know. If you didn't see it coming, I'm pretty surprised. But I think everyone saw it coming that Bree was going to wind up quitting. So uh, Daniel Bryant did not have to give up the belt. Who knows? Maybe Bree's already pregnant. Maybe she wants to get pregnant. Uh, maybe they're setting up Stephanie versus Bree in a match before Bree goes away. Who knows what they're trying to do. Um, but as the, the brilliant commentators are referred to as the slap heard around the world and uh just I know there was speculation online that my God, Stephanie was smacked so hard that she pissed herself and there were all those pictures uh of Stephanie McMahon's backside uh on the way back to the uh the uh back, back to it towards the uh, back up the ramp. Um yeah, I watched it again. It was just a shadow. So she didn't she wasn't slap so hard that she pissed herself. It was, it was a shadow of, uh, from the dress. But um, I thought Stephanie was awesome last night. I thought it was a good segment. Um, I, I thought the heat was good. I thought that Stephanie referencing CM Punk and saying, yeah, the crowd's chanting CM Punk. They want you to do what Punk did and quit. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Uh, I, I do love everything Stephanie is doing right now uh, in front of the camera. I still, though, have my doubts about where the storyline is going, um, especially depending on how long they have Daniel Bryan on the shelf. So, again, Dave, I thought a real good segment, um, but I'm still kind of hedging on my thoughts on where the storyline's going.
3: I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, like you said, the heat was good. I thought that I, I'm sure that they're leading toward the Stephanie Brie match at some point, um, or some build up another confrontation. I don't think that you know Stephanie's going to let that one go. The Stephanie McMahon character. So at some point, I think that that's what they'll go through. Here's two things. Here's two ways you can look at this. One. You know, we talked about it on the last show, and we talked about the the, the segment where Stephanie had stopped Daniel Bryan from leaving the building uh, due to the fact that he had to defend or uh, wrestle. Otherwise, it was going to go against his contract, and she would have to strip him of the title. They already made mention of that on the air. Um, It would make more sense if he was stripped of the title, if they're not sure how long he's going to be out. Um, Other champions in the past, yes, we talk about wrestling loopholes getting changed, but other champions in the past normally – I've had that whole 30 days defend the title. If you can't, you got to drop it. you got to strip the champion. So, um, But they're trying, I guess, really hard to keep the title on Daniel Bryan because of all the hard work that they put into getting him into that position. Um, so I can kind of see this storyline going in a way where, in re- it's, in some ways in real life, you know, I've experienced it personally in my own jo- you know, previous jobs where, Now the boss is going to make your life a living hell so that you have to quit. So I think it's going to be one of those where Triple H and Stephanie try to make Daniel Bryan's life a living hell in hopes that he drops the championship because this isn't worth it anymore um, so that they don't have to strip him of the title. Um, And and a lot of employers and small businesses do that these days. I've I've known that firsthand. Um, The other issue that you can look at this and say to yourself, you know, how do you go forward with this storyline? Is Daniel Bryan himself as the champion? How do you make him keep him on television and entertaining without having to defend the championship? That's that's the other way you can look at this. Um, There's currently, currently not a general manager on Monday Night Raw. If You saw last week with Brad Maddox being fired. Maybe for the short term. This is a position where Daniel Bryan could eventually become the short-term interim general manager somehow through some sort of loophole and end up holding on to the championship in spite of what the authority wants. So it's very confusing at how they can book this storyline and how they can go forward with this, especially if you, it's unknown how long he's going to be out of action for.
0: And I think that's the biggest question. You know, how long is he out for? And if, you know, and again, this is why I personally, I would have stripped him of the belt if I was in charge. But I'm not, so it gives us something to talk about. Um, You know, what if he has a setback? You know, where, you know, do they have a deadline behind the scenes? Uh, You know, what if right now and, and, you know... You hear the reports, you you read the dirt sheets You gotta, I mean, if you don't know already You gotta take everything with a grain of salt Because you really don't know what's fact and what's not Um, And that being said, you know People have setbacks with injuries People, you know, they think they're gonna be okay By one date and all of a sudden they're not You know, to me If they decide that they're gonna keep Daniel Bryan with the belt And Daniel Bryan has to give it up on his own You know, and let's just say for argument's sake They have a Six weeks and, and he's you know he should be cleared to wrestle. Well, what if he has a setback in his rehab and all of a sudden it's it's ten weeks, it's twelve weeks. You know what what do they do at that point? You know and then then like storyline wise it'll it'll look kind of weird if you know all right now we're going to strip him of the belt. Um, you know so it, it's it, it is intriguing what exactly they're they're going to do and I I get it you know you spend the year. Building this guy up, you have him Win not only at Wrestlemania, but Wrestlemania 30, a very prestigious Wrestlemania um, You know, I get it, he's the most popular Wrestler on the planet, and you you've Built him up like this, you know, Triple H Puts him over at Wrestlemania uh, Batista and Orton as well uh, You know, he looks like a million bucks coming out of Wrestlemania, I get it um, Again, for me, if I was in charge You'd have to suck it up and be like You know, it sucks, but Uh, We're going to have to move in a different direction Uh, You know, it it should be interesting to see how this all unfolds It it looks like, Dave, that they're just going to kind of defer this storyline And and you're right, I mean, there's no way Stephanie sits back and takes this slap So in some way, shape, or form, we're going to have You know, I don't think it's just going to be a mere, you know Bree's allowed to quit You know, I think we're going to have something where Stephanie's going to say I don't accept your resignation and uh, There's going to be hell to pay for Bree uh, Whether it's uh, Stephanie puts her in a match with, with someone else Puts her in some sort of handicap match Or Stephanie herself decides to get in the ring And take care of her um, there, There's going to be something and, and it's interesting that They are taking They're, they're maintaining Daniel Bryan's Relevance right now uh, by utilizing her, His wife And I guess the big Question is, is is that a Good or bad thing I mean I guess Keeping him relevant uh, You would say is good But relevancy For the WWE World Heavyweight Champion uh, Relevancy due to his Wife's storyline um, You know It's debatable whether that makes Daniel Bryant look too strong you know well, it's
3: that's a tough one. Um, I mean, from a storyline standpoint, you have to think that you know this was the Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella characters had to have discussed doing this and going over this before they went out there and made that decision in front of everybody in that arena the Stephanie McMahon, and you got to figure that they're smart enough. The characters, mind you, not the actual persons, but you know the, the, the real life people. But the characters itself have to be smart enough that they have a plan in place. If he's going to get to keep the title, and she quits, you've got to wonder. Maybe this is some way into reintroducing a new general manager that rehires her back to the WWE. Or we, for months, it was talked about that Vince McMahon was going to make his return. Could it be possibly that this is how they reintroduce Vince McMahon? I mean. Um, let, let's drop another name. There's been a, ever since the, ever since Brad Max's character was fired as the general manager of Raw, they put a poll up who should be the new GM of Raw. And Hulk Hogan is at the lead. Maybe that's how you get Hogan back, and then Hogan rehires her, and then this all you know goes away, and then everybody gets what they want except for the authority. Um, so you have to think that as a as a man, as a human being, the Daniel Bryan character who has worked so hard to get to where he's at isn't going to let his wife do all the dirty work and the talking for him and that they have some sort of plan in place as to why she quit. Like you said earlier, maybe this is Stephanie's, you know, Stephanie's going to say, well, I don't accept your resignation after you slap me. Now, you know, now the war is on and that you're forcing her to quit, you know, forcing her to stay. I mean, there's a few different ways I guess you can go with it. Um, they're really touch and go, and from, like you said, the dirt seats, you can always take everything with a grain of salt, but the, All the reports out there say that there's no timetable on when he can come back. Um, They've suggested Money in the Bank at the end of this month. They've suggested Battleground next month. Um, But people are still not sure. Um, There's been plans to do something with him at SummerSlam, but now they they don't really have plans for that because they are not 100% sure. So I think this is WWE creative and official's trying so hard to keep that character relevant by having him on TV, even though he's hurt and he can't wrestle and keeping him the champion. But to me, it's just the the logic isn't there. And there's got to be a good explanation to all of this from a storyline standpoint. Otherwise, it's going to come off to me like a very big disappointment. And I love the Daniel Bryan character. Don't get me wrong, but I don't want to be disappointed when it comes to the lack of logic in a storyline.
0: Agreed. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I think as a fan, you, you kind of have to separate yourself. And I do think, you know, it's difficult for some fans to do that, but you've got to separate with, you know, and, and kind of reconcile, you know, consistently, consistency in storytelling versus, you know, someone you're a big fan of. And, and you have to kind when of, you, when you're looking at the consistency in the storytelling, you've got to kind of pull out your bias you might have towards someone you really like And yeah I mean both of us here We're big Daniel Bryant fans uh, We like what he does uh, You know for a guy I mean I've always appreciated Daniel Bryant Because I've always been a fan Of the bigger guys I, I've always been I've always liked the, the bigger stronger guys I, I like that style I like the power game I've always enjoyed that And Daniel Bryant to me Is one of those very 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 Rare stars that actually was quick enough that made it believable that he could beat someone twice his size. Um, That's what I always liked about Daniel Bryan. I I think he did you know a better job than almost anybody I've seen at that size. Um, I love what he does. However, yeah, I mean injuries suck. Uh, You know, you you got to tell the story the way that the story should be told. So. I still, for myself as a fan, it hasn't, it hasn't gelled for me. Uh, I, I'm still in that place as a fan that I'm like, they, they, should have just, they should have stripped him of the belt. It just would have made more sense, uh, storytelling-wise. And when and if he's able to come back, you know, figure out Daniel Bryan's comeback. I mean, obviously, if they stripped him of the title and he was just gone from TV... Well, obviously, the first time he comes back in the first match he has, the roof blows off that arena wherever it happens to be. So, you know, I, I, that's the direction to go. I, I can't say that I'm 100% on board with the direction they are going in. However, I thought the segment was very good last night, and I love everything that, that Stephanie is is bringing to the, table, to the table right now. Quickly, you know, a couple of again, yeah, this is what really uh, – Put this pay per view together as, as a really good pay per view. Some of the matches that you would not want to consider, you know, not no disrespect intended, but kind of inconsequential uh, matches, not main storylines, but all of them with a lot of intrigue. And I thought Sheamus, Cesaro, Ryback, and Goldust, and Cody, and Rusev, and, and Big E, those three matches um, all delivered. Uh, for what they were, um, I thought they all kind of gave you something. I'm hoping we get a little bit more out of the Big E Rusev storyline. I think you got two big guys that really can move. Uh, you know, I liked what I saw. It was a short match. It, it really helped Rusev. I hope they continue this and they don't just, you know, Use it as a way to put over Rusev I think Big E's got a lot to offer And I'd like to see a program with these two guys I thought it was Very, very Intriguing uh, That Cody Turned to his brother and said You need uh, Another tag team partner So he didn't definitively really turn heel he didn't really turn on his brother He just kind of quit on his brother um, so I, I found that intriguing And Sheamus Cesaro was surprisingly good I, I thought that was an excellent match Hard-hitting match um, Interesting that Cesaro winds up losing clean I think it's good for Seamus' character right now Seamus' character definitely needed a shot in the arm um, We'll see what this means for Cesaro But, you know, three matches right there And, and that's a lot of times when you look at a pay-per-view you know, when you have, like, good main events or a couple of good matches that are, like, the main storylines, um, you know, sometimes, you, they, you know, you can have a pay-per-view where it's not that good because the supporting matches uh, kind of shit the bed. Uh, excuse my French. But you know what I mean. Um, I, I look at these three matches especially that, that really kind of put this pay-per-view in, in an above-average place. I thought all three delivered, Dave.
3: Uh, yeah, I like the, like I said earlier, I like the Rusev, um, you know, Big E no. match. It was very physical, and it kind of reminded me of um, uh, the, the, the Rusev character, how he's developing now. It reminded me a lot, like, how the Iron Sheik used to get heat with waving the flag and talking about, you know, Iran being number one. And it kind of got those elements in his character, which I kind of like. And that draws that's Ross good heat. Um, considering that, you know, Russia has been in the news as of late with the things that are going on in their country, it's very relevant and it works right now. It's something that, you know, American wrestling fans can uh, can, can kind of get a hold of. Um, and I would like to see that program continue. I don't like the fact that Rusev has, has gone through so many different Nobody's on the roster, and then he gets the Big E. I would like to see them continue this. I don't like that formula when they gave you guys where they have them run through, you know, t- 10, 12 people for a few months, and then they finally have a real challenge. I like that, and love- I hope this continues. The Cody, Cody Rhodes-Gold Dust thing, I thought it was the match was match good, was good. Um, uh, solid with, with Ryback. Right um, uh, I was very I- intrigued at how it ended. I thought Cody was just going to attack his brother and turn on him the simple formula, they threw a little twist in there. And I think you'll see the eventual turn within the next month or so where Goldust is pleading with his brother that, you know, know, we're a great team together, you can't leave me, this, that, and the other. And we've talked about it on this show where we thought Goldust last year had the comeback of the year and he was in phenomenal shape and probably the best, this is the best in-ring work he has done in his entire career. And I think that You know, a lot of WWE fans, and it's even been acknowledged on television of how well he has done since he's come back. And I think they might acknowledge that into Cody's eventual turn, that, well, all the focus was on my brother, and he's, you know, he's past his prime, and I'm the future, and he'll kind of do that young versus old storyline with them. I think that's where eventually it's going to go to, and then we'll see um, Cody turn heel. But I hope they kind of throw me for, you know, a loop. And as far as... um, what was the third match you were talking about? The uh, Oh, Sheamus and Cesaro. Very physical match. Loved it. And they got plans for Cesaro, so I don't think this is going to – I don't think this hurt him in, in any way, shape, or form. But I thought the chemistry with him and Sheamus was good in their matches that they've had, especially last night. And uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him go another round again, to be honest with you, because I, uh, I, I thought it was a real good opener.
0: I thought that was a really interesting match that I, I was intrigued with going into the pay-per-view, only because – like I said, it was Seamus' character really needed a shot in the arm, and I thought, you know, him getting the United States Championship was definitely good for the character. However, at the same time, you have the Cesaro character that is is up and coming, um, and they're definitely trying to build him into a, a main event type status. So you you kind of have both guys kind of needing a win. You have a Seamus winning cleanly. Um, You know, I, I, again, there's a lot of people out there as fans Like the deal in black and white And, and you know, we, we don't here uh, So oh, I think there's a lot of people out there That would look at this and be like Oh God, that's really damaging for Cesaro He lost clean to Sheamus um, It could be um, I'd like to see the program continue a bit um, But Dave, you know, and, and I'd like you to elaborate Because we, we talked a bit on the, uh, the pre-show meeting Um. Whenever you have a mouthpiece like a Paul Heyman, there aren't many losses that could be a complete detriment to someone's character as long as Heyman is preaching your cause.
3: Well, absolutely. He's got this way of like, spinning it in his favor or in his client's favor um, like, like he has in the past. And you know, it's a good point that you bring up there because I, I, I watched the, uh, the, the payback fallout. Um, Post show, and they had a little press conference where they had somebody asking questions to Heyman and Cesaro. And Heyman basically went on this rant that you know Sheamus claims to be the the best fighter that he loves to fight. Well, he didn't fight tonight; he won a grappling contest. And Heyman he went on this tirade about how they should hire NCAA referees if they want to have a grappling match. But Cesaro is the best fighter. Sheamus didn't prove anything by winning. Um, He should be embarrassed to be in the same company as Cesaro for winning a match that way. Um, And he kind of made you forget that Cesaro lost the match with a small package as opposed to something as devastating as the bro kick that has been used on TV as of late. So I don't think this feud is over by any stretch of the imagination, but I do see this as being somewhat of a point that they're going to bring up when they eventually turn Cesaro um, baby face and away from Paul Heyman. Um, I kind of noticed little things, and maybe I'm looking too far into it, but Cesaro hasn't done the swing in quite a while, and the swing gets a babyface-like reaction, and he did it last night, and the place popped huge. Um, and Heyman is a heel, he's just a natural heel, and having Cesaro with him, you want to kind of do things that are not so babyface-like that get that kind of reaction. And I noticed that when Heyman... When Cesaro lost due to the small package from Sheamus, Heyman looked kind of shocked that his client lost in that fashion. And I think that's something that they'll touch upon eventually once they get to um, the point where they want to split Cesaro off from Heyman. But I think this, you know, I'm kind of shaking my head at the beginning because a lot of people want to root for Cesaro. And because of the popularity he had going into WrestleMania and then coming out of WrestleMania. But I think this pairing with Heyman is done more or less to give him more credibility um, and to, to, to eventually, you know, when he breaks off and becomes a single star on his own without a mouthpiece, that he's got that checkered past of all the things he's accomplished under the tutelage of a Paul, of a
0: Paul Heyman. Couldn't agree with you more. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We're gonna to get to you guys after the break. Got a bunch of you being real patient on hold. Hang on there. It is time right now. You know it, each and every week at this time, it is the day 5 five fifty fifty news report.
3: Thank you very much, Ken. It's the illustrious return of the day five news report from a two week hiatus course. Top story this week, according to several reports out there, former two-time WWE world champion Captain Charisma Christian's in-ring days may finally be numbered. The latest reports suggest that WWE officials don't really have anything creatively for him, and his string of concussions in the past nine months have not helped his situation either. There are several within WWE who strongly support Christian to stay with the company as a trainer, for the NXT developmental territory as well as a backstage agent on the main roster once his in-ring career is officially over. On a final note, 2014 looks to be the year Christian's in-ring activity winds down more so than it already has according to multiple reports. TNA wrestling announced this past week that WWE Hall of Famer Kevin Von Erich of the famed Von Erich family will be appearing at the Slammiversary pay-per-view on June the 15th to accompany both his sons, Marshall and Ross, to the ring for a match on the pay-per-view. Both Fon Eric boys have been trained by WWE Hall of Famer Harley Race, and this will mark their very first televised match in their careers. TNA has not, however, announced who who their opponents will be at this time. The Wrestling Observer, Observer excuse me, reports that after the impressive performance by Tyson Kidd at this past Thursday's WWE NXT TakeOver special against Adrian Neville, it looks like the superstar will be repackaged as a masked wrestler. The feeling amongst company officials is that Tyson, the Tyson Kidd character is very limited and can't be salvaged, so in order to prevent him from getting released, the idea to put him under a mask would help rebrand his WWE career. It's being said that there is already a Lucha Libre-style mask made for Tyson Kidd, but there is no word if he will perform under the mask as a Mexican gimmick. It's only speculation right now, though. Our fourth story. In a follow-up report from a few weeks back, the Wrestling Observer reports that rumored newly acquired talent, New Japan pro-wrestling star Prince Devitt and... Pro Wrestling NOAH star, Tenta, looks to begin training at the WWE Performance Center in August. However, they will not be alone, because allegedly Ring of Honor star Kevin Steen will be joining them. Steen reportedly has agreed to a contract with the company after a tryout with WWE at their Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, back in March of this past year. Now, despite the speculations on these counts, future arrivals to WWE, that is pending that the talent's respective medical examinations and work visa issues get sorted out accordingly by WWE officials. And our final story this evening, ProWrestlingInsider.com reports that people within TNA management are upset over the public reports of the low ticket sales for this summer's New York City television taping starting this month in June. Ticketmaster's website shows that between 500 and 600 seats as of this writing have been sold, which is around half based on how TNA sets up their production in the building. However, some within the company feel this could be former employees leaking information as a way to hurt the company. And there you have it, folks. That was the illustrious return of the Day 5 News report. Only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night unless we're on vacation. Ken,
0: back to you. That was quite illustrious. Very good. Lots of good stuff, you know. Leads us to, you know, a new segment on the show. We'd love to hear from you and go on the Facebook page and let us know what you're watching. But what did you watch on the WWE Network this week? And it's been two weeks, you know. Been a little bit busy, but continue. The show I will not miss. Legends House, and I actually I didn't get a chance to see it last week, so I doubled up this past week. Watched the last two weeks of uh, Legends House together this week, and uh, I just I can't get enough of that show. Like I, I, you know, once the season's over, I might go back and marathon watch all of them again. Uh, I I'm just thoroughly enjoying it. I could not stop laughing when um, they were doing the role play game. And uh, they had to rescue Princess Ashley. And the only, the only thing that was found after Princess Ashley was kidnapped was her shoe. And when Tony Atlas's eyes bugged out and was like, give me the shoe, give me the shoe, and uh, started sniffing the shoe. <laughs> As it has been well documented over the years, Tony Atlas with an insatiable foot fetish um, I was just, I was cracking up. I mean, what a, what a group of, of individuals! Um, I, I just absolutely love that show. So uh, that was pretty much what I watched. I caught the Randy Orton documentary. I, it was good. It wasn't their best uh, documentary, but you know, I I enjoyed it. But it wasn't great. But uh, kudos. I mean, to me, Dave, every Legends House I watch, the show just gets a little bit better. I'm I'm really enjoying it. And Tony Atlas just had me cracking up.
3: Yeah, and you know what? I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. What this show does is kind of breathes bring, new life into some of these guys that either their, their careers are, you know, it's obvious that they're winding down, but it makes them relevant, again, to the WWE audience. A guy like a Tony Atlas, I mean, all the the, the weird, crazy stuff that he has done on this show, it may, you know, gravitate to, you know, the, something to do on TV, like on, on Raw or SmackDown, maybe they'll... You know they'll have a segment with him somehow. I remember they did something with him a few years ago with Abraham Washington,
4: where he that laugh
3: that he has, that that weird chuckle, that was seemed to seemed to be something that got over with the audience. Uh, yeah, but I love it. I think it's great, and uh, you know I I'm sure that they're going to produce a second season. Um, so I have to, I, I have I have to come Rick. up with
0: a, a cooking show for the network with with Tony Atlas.
3: That, cooking that's soul, cool. that's soul, cool. soul
0: food cooking with Tony.
3: And and hillbilly Jim too because he was involved in that.
0: Good boy, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, but as far as what I watched, you know, the past two weeks or so, Legends House, you know, it's always on my schedule. I, I, have, I have to watch it. it. Um, uh, I watched yeah, I watched WWE countdown, countdown and they did and they, uh, the top uh, the top greatest facts. Fact- and the, the facts in there were well, well to be on the list. The, the spots were horrendous. horrendous. Like, the, the when I when, when I have the four horsemen at number four four and then the NWO comes the at number three number three and then, and then shocker, number, shocker number, two number two was the brew brew past, past NWO and the four horse four I, I, I was like who like who if this is if this has got to be rigged. That that's, that's what, what that's what I was thinking. I couldn't believe, that's it. I couldn't believe it. it. Um take takeover, I'm gonna so say, say was what I really what I talk about from what I thought. Uh, great a great show. Tyler Breeze, or, uh, Sammy James, uh, Ola, Dolittle, Divas Match, Rick Blair, Flair, Carter, Starlit, Great Match, um, 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 Great The Adrian Neville Tyson Kid Match, Kid a packed show, and it and a must definitely, is definitely, on the network.
0: So there you have it. That's what we're watching on the network. So can't get enough of the network. You know. There aren't enough hours in the day. I just want to keep, you know, I I just want to watch everything. But great stuff. You want to go on the Facebook, let us know what you're watching. Uh, When we pull you up on the phone, let us know what uh, you're watching. But we're talking payback. We're talking Monday Night Raw. Real good pay-per-view last night. What does it mean going forward? Are we seeing the seeds of SummerSlam uh, being planted now? What are we going to see on Monday Night Raw so many things to speculate about. So many things to react to that came out of last night's pay-per-view. And we want to hear from you. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. And we're going to go right out to the phones now and hear what you guys are thinking. And first up, we got Tony on the line. Tony, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing all right. I'm doing pretty good. How are
0: you doing? Doing all right. What um, do you got for us? What did you think of the pay-per-view last night? I
2: thought it was a good show. I, you know, I like the um Shield, Shield Evolution again. Uh, I thought they had an amazing match. They tore the house down. Um, I and uh, the, the Shield won. You know they swept it, you know, which is what I was hoping they would do. And, uh, and it's, I, I really thought that that was like a really kick-ass brawl that they had. You know, it's like an, you know, like the one from Extreme Rules was really good. This one, you know, this one was <laughs> just as you know, this one was just as amazing as not, you know, maybe maybe a little bit better. I don't know, but you know, so you know. Of course, Ronald did the dive off the Toronto again. I guess oh, that's going to be his new thing now or what. But uh, it was still a great match, you know. Uh, the, um, what was it, Seamus-Cesaro? Another, another good, you know, good match, too. I thought, the you know, it's... Um, I figured Seamus would win since, you know, like he hasn't had the U.S. title out long, and it was a little too soon to take the title off him. Plus, plus I mean, you know, Cesaro winning that wouldn't really mean anything anyway, because that has not been a thing in years. But... Uh, I you know, to that said I thought it was a good match. I thought was RBD was R V D and uh and uh bad news. Barrett had a good you know, had a solid match. Um, you know, Biggie Diggy and uh Rusev, I I, I thought was, I i thought it was all right, you know, it was a little short but you know, it's um it actually could be a good feud, you know, I'm I mean, i do not know, you know, it's like I'm not really into the whole, you know, like foreigner anti-American heel gimmick I mean, they've been doing that stuff for years You know, it's like, it, feel, it feels a little stale It's You know, it's just that whole just that whole thing is you know it's, But uh, I, thought the, I thought the match was alright You know, it was, could have been a little longer um, The the Kofi-Kane stuff didn't make Any sense to me at all because, uh, I was just, it's like You know, like Kane comes out, the bell rings and I'm like, what are you doing, Kofi versus Kane now? And it's
5: like,
2: <laughs> I, I don't know, I just thought I just thought that there was this uh, You know, kind of Kind of a uh, yeah, I could, that one was like really. It was. Odd. It
0: was weird how like all of a sudden it was. It was a match. Like it wasn't like Kane came down and you know wreaked havoc and then you know left. It was like all right, Kane's here. Let's he can wrestle the match now. Well, it, you, you bring up a good point. It was kind of odd. I you know I mean we'll see what happens tonight. If if that means we're going to see a, a uh, Bo Dallas. Uh, Kofi Kingston rematch Or do we see Kofi go after Kane uh, uh, In some way shape or form um, You know I mean I think they're just trying to Maintain Kane's relevance as a monster But it is a good point It was just kind of weird like hey, We'll, we'll, we'll have a match now with, with Kane What do you think Dave
3: um, I mean I, I figured it was Kane Doing a beat down on Kofi I, so it's Just the way that the match was Presented and how it came about I mean Booker T got the breaking news that, you know, Kofi was going to be in a match with Bo Dallas made by the authority. He was the only one that got it in the headset. So you kind of had to think that something was going to happen to him because of that tweet that was brought up on the pre-show by Josh Matthews that Kofi had backed up that he had said. So it didn't surprise me. Um, I think it was, like I said, it was just a way to kind of get some heat on the authority that the Daniel Bryan situation was really getting to them. Kofi could take a good beating, and Kane knows how to hand out one. So um, I didn't really see it as weird, per se. Um, The the Bo Dallas interaction, I could have cared less for that afterwards. Um, Maybe they could have just forced him into a match with Kane instead, but I could see the logic in that Kane kind of came out of nowhere. And, of course, the authority, um, you know, sent him out there to do it. So they kind of, like, blindsided Kofi in a way, so I could see the logic in that.
0: Did you have did you have a match of the night you thought uh, Tony like one match that that stood out to you more than anything else?
2: Uh, probably the, um, the the main event match, the six man, and um, although I thought the wrong guy won, the the Cena Bray match was was actually I think the best the, the match that they've had of the three they've had on the pay per views. Um, you know, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great match, but I, I still didn't you know, like. I think wrong guy went over. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I thought Bray. Yeah, I thought should have won, and you know, it was
0: like Cena losing. You know, it wouldn't have hurt. It wouldn't have. Wouldn't have hurt Cena. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because I thought it was a really good match. I'm not necessarily outraged that that Cena won, um, but it did pique my curiosity as far as you know, really where they're going to go uh, tonight. Um, I, I do think, all in all, the the opinion I kind of sit on is. Bray Wyatt has been in a substantial storyline, a substantial program, with the top guy in the company. Um, and Bray Wyatt is just, a, I mean, to me, he's, he's a great talent. Um, so I think Bray Wyatt comes out of this okay. I, what, what I'm really curious about, uh, and, and it piqued my curiosity uh, last night, is, is what we see tonight. Um, Is that definitively last night, the blow-off match? And do we see the Wyatts go after someone else? Do we see John Cena go after someone else? Do we see someone come after John Cena? Um, Or do we see this program continue? I I, I think you could see it going either way. I I, I think this program could still have some legs. Um, You know, last night what I found intriguing was that John Cena was pretty violent uh, but he didn't seem conflicted like when you look at the WrestleMania match and uh, Wyatt was tempting him to use the chair and, and Cena was struggling with his inner, inner demons and uh, you know last night there was no struggle. Cena was okay being as violent as he needed to be. Uh, do we see a promo tonight at a Bray Wyatt where you know he says he got exactly what he wanted out of John Cena? He got the monster out of John Cena. Who knows? But I, I'm intrigued by it, but. Um I I I get what you're saying. Um I, I I tend to lean on the side that I don't think this is gonna hurt Wyatt too much, but I can't say that I, I totally disagree with you. I, I could see where you would think that Wyatt should have gone over. What were your thoughts on that, Dave?
1: Um
3: Well after watching the, the, the post show, uh John Cena had, had mentioned that, you know, the the monster was brought out of him because of Bray Wyatt and that tonight helped in the event that they meet again so there's a chance that this thing could still go on between the two of them um, I mean it's been said a million times over that Bray Wyatt doesn't care about winning that this part of the storyline is that he doesn't care about winning he doesn't he wants to prove a point, and that there's a monster in John Cena, and I think that they kind of proved that. They may not have touched on it last night. They might touch on it tonight, but the whole point of his character is that he just cares about destroying things, and he cares about destroying this 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 entire world so that he can repaint it in, in the version of Wyatt. So I think... It didn't matter whether he, whether he won or lost. In the sense, they won mentally because he got to John Cena to go to those great lengths. Did it prove that John Cena was a bony? No, not in my opinion it did. But it certainly, it certainly elevated Wyatt to the status that he can hang with the big dogs. He hanged with the top guy, John Cena, and he can hang with just about anybody else, in my opinion, after that performance last night.
0: Well, there you go. Tony, you know, thanks a lot for the call. Lots of, lots of great insight. I, I do think, you know, again, I'm, I'm curious what we're going to see out of uh, tonight from um, uh, the performers and uh, where we're going to go with storylines. But I, I do think you, you bring up some good points with uh, Wyatt and Cena. You know, do we see this program continue or not? Uh, does this wind up damaging Wyatt in any way, shape, or form, or does he continue his rise to the top? Who knows? But Tony, thanks a lot for the phone call, and we'll talk to you next week.
2: All right. Yeah. And, and by, the, by the way, I watched NXT Takeover too. That was also a really awesome show. I thought that that was really, you know, uh, Natalya and Charlotte. I think was, was the. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying, you know, if I get that was the best match. I think, you know, and then uh, Adrian Neville Tyson Kid tip was good too. But you know, I was like, I thought that I just really thought that that was those two matches were like really awesome. And
0: uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I didn't get a chance to. to catch that but yeah i've heard so many good things about it i gotta i gotta make sure I, I check that out
2: yeah definitely we're checking out even the, the fallout show afterwards paul Heyman is great on there
0: very good i'll definitely have to check it out tony thanks a lot and we'll talk you next week right. take it easy man bye
1: yeah
0: and we're gonna stick with the phones we got some people that have been real patient on hold and we got anthony on board anthony how you doing tonight good how you doing guys Doing alright. What do you got for us?
4: Oh, um, I enjoyed the. Uh, oh, oh, real quick after uh, I do my little bit here, Jazz wants to lay on a paper view if she could. But uh, I enjoyed the uh, the paper view last night. I thought it was pretty good. Not as good as Extreme Rules, but but good. I'm um, kind of uh, I'm kind of intrigued to what's gonna happen with Evolution. I've mean, been hearing for a couple weeks now that Tista was gonna be taking time off. Go away! I'm kind of intrigued where that's going to go. I thought that was my favorite match of the night last night. It was like, you know, one minute Reigns is getting caned by the entire Evolution, and this seemed like they were going to destroy the Shield like they said they would, and then the, the big comeback. uh That was a great ending for me. But uh, I am kind of wondering now where they're headed as far as Evolution goes
0: yeah i mean it it's it's interesting to to just speculate where it's gonna go i mean to me dave and dave i'm curious your thoughts i, I mean I, there's a real good possibility this is just this is the end of evolution and evolution came back short term to uh really help put the shield over and uh that's it for them you know i would be curious where direction they're going but uh we that might be the end of uh evolution dave
3: I, I, I would have to agree with you. It's being said that tonight, Batista will you know, make his final appearance on Raw. They'll probably write him off somehow. Um, there's been rumors he's wanted to put over Roman Reigns. Maybe we'll see a match with them tonight. Um, where this leaves Orton and Triple H, I don't know. Um, although I found this very interesting, I was reading today, uh, Victor and Connor, who from the Ascension uh, down in NXT, they're the NXT Tag Team Champions, um, put out a tweet kind of warning the shield about their potential arrival to the main roster. Maybe Triple H will have these guys kind of in his back pocket to help him and Randy Orton take out the shield. Maybe they won't necessarily beat Evolution anymore, but maybe Triple H will kind of put these guys with him and the authority and still go after the shield. Um, It's interesting that a few months ago when WrestleMania was on the horizon, and they were trying to figure out an idea for The Shield and Kane, the rumor was, was that these two guys were going to be brought up to the main roster to tagged with Kane at, and make their debut at WrestleMania against The Shield. So maybe the time is now to bring these guys up and, and have them involved in the storyline, or maybe this is just them you know, just spouting up on social media trying to lobby to get on TV. But I kind of find it interesting, and Ken, you and I talked about this, and you know, I don't know if Tony would agree or not, but I've said it before, Evolution has always been a gimmick where it's been about kind of elevate the talent that are within that group, like Hunter and Flair did with Orton and Batista. Um, now maybe this time and, you know Ken you brought the point up, really were brought together to essentially put over the shield um, by the way that it was done last night um, and how defiant you know dominant they were towards the end of that match um, that maybe this this formation evolution wasn't necessarily about adding another member, but more or less putting over these new guys, you know, that are going to be the future of WWE. Uh, So I I kind of find that interesting. But um, I eventually see – there's more that's going to happen between Triple H and the Shield, and I think he'll have another backup plan, maybe bringing these guys in, the Ascension, uh, younger guys, uh, got, got something to prove, and he's going to hire them to kind of help him take them out.
0: Yeah, I mean it it remains to be seen like what what they're gonna go. I mean it's it's pretty obvious I, I mean, you know, and the criticism of Triple H has gotta end. I mean, they really oh. put the shield over in this match. Uh I thought it was a tremendous matchup. Uh did you think did you think the shield match uh was the match of the night, Tony?
4: I did, uh for for me it was. I also uh Rusev and Big E. Again, like everybody's been saying, it was short but uh, uh those guys could go, man. I, I, I loved watching that. And I don't know if you caught it. Uh, I know me and Dave spoke about it. Uh, there was an interview with Triple H and uh, Muscle & Fitness. If if you haven't seen it, you've got to read it. It's a great interview. And all the uh, little Internet cronies out there who right hide behind their little computers and talk crap about Triple H all the time should read it. So I think they get a better understanding of who he is. And it's clear... If you've watched the last three pay-per-views, Triple H is clearly not all about himself. He he's out there to put guys over. He took he took the loss of Daniel Bryan, took the loss at Extreme Rules. He, you know he was the last man in the ring, took a beating last night. I I don't know what else. Uh, the criticism of Triple H is to me completely ridiculous.
0: I think what happens is you know regardless, you know he he he, yeah, he married the boss's daughter. I mean that's just. You know that's always going to haunt just about everything he does, and 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 the biggest issue with him is that he is really talented. Uh, so for people who are detractors on, on Triple H, you know, you know the guy deserves what he's gotten. The guy's talented. Uh, he's very talented, and you know him. You know he's a guy who should win his fair share of matches, but I think it's always going to be the case that when when he goes over, uh, it's because he's the You know married the boss's daughter And and, you know He doesn't get credit when he puts guys over But but I agree I mean he's done From bringing the shield in uh, Making the shield you know Basically the, the authorities Bodyguards shield Turning face and now this run with Evolution he has Done everything in the world to put the Shield over he's done a lot To put Daniel Bryan over I mean He is really as Dave You know keeps bringing up the changing of the guard uh, Triple H is is responsible For this changing of the guard uh, You know more than almost Anybody else so I, I agree with You know you don't hear this A lot probably especially this broadcasting On the internet but three Of us right here uh, all in agreement You know the criticism of Triple H really Has to stop
4: Yeah absolutely Absolutely um, I think that was About it for me uh, but and you definitely have to check out NXT Takeover. You'll absolutely love it. And uh, I think the uh, Dixie Carter and TNA—they might want to watch it, take a few notes. They might be able to improve their product a little bit. But uh, hey, I'm gonna put uh, Jazz on. You to to talk about the pay-per-view with you guys real quick? If that's okay.
0: Yeah, definitely. Let's let's get our
6: thoughts. Hello.
0: Hey, how are you? Good. So, the let's hear your thoughts. I want to know what you thought about payback last night.
6: Um, well, my favorite part of payback last night was the fact that Ryback right won. I, I think I was running around screaming in my house for like 10 minutes because of that, so I was very excited about that. Um, I thought the payback last night altogether was really good, though. Um, I think last year's payback was, I, I liked that one a lot, but I thought this year's was actually a bit better. Just for some of the matches, like even the first match, I thought you know was really good, and it it kind of partly set like set it as a whole a good night for the pay per view.
0: Yeah, I would tend to agree. I mean, I, I thought you know the one thing with the pay per view is that you really want to have a, a solid. Three somewhat hours, you know, uh, of being entertained, and I, I thought, uh, you know, I was entertained for the three hours. I, I thought it was a real solid night of, of wrestling. I'm curious, what was your uh, match of the night if you had to give us? I mean, obviously, you you liked uh, the fact that Ryback won. Did you was that your favorite match, or did you like any other matches more?
6: Um, you know, actually, I think my favorite match would have to be the Evolution versus the Shield match, because for the whole entire match, I was, like, on the edge of the seat, like, I just thought that was an awesome match.
0: It seems like, you know, as we're, we're talking to people, it seems like most uh, fans are, are in agreement that uh, that was the match of the night. Before I let you go, I would like to know your thoughts on the the John Cena-Bray Wyatt matchup. What would you think of that?
6: I thought that was such a good match. Um, I liked how they didn't just have, like, John Cena, Bray Wyatt, had like, with the Usos and um, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, you know, kind of some side stuff because it was a fairly long match. So I think it was probably just some blame. So it was just the two of them because they would have gotten worn out and not wanted to, you know, be able to put up a, like,
0: perfect match as it was good i love you know you always have great insight thanks for uh con- continued support and uh you know by all means uh keep calling us and and love hearing your your thoughts on things and uh, we'll see what happens in the follow-up with uh, monday night raw thanks for talking to us and uh hopefully we'll talk to you next week
6: Yes, thanks bye
0: take it easy bye-bye Lots of good stuff, lots of lots of great speculation. It seems like, Dave, across the board, uh, Shield versus Evolution was match of the night. Um, I, you know, it's funny, because I thought it was a great match, but to be honest with you, I had a little bit of a problem with the ending. I thought that match was really good, but they really laid it on thick with Evolution's dominance that when the Shield was able to come back at the very end and wind up pitching a shutout, um, it was a little bit on the unrealistic side for me. I mean, holy cow, Evolution kicked the ever-loving crap out of the Shield for 90% of that match. And and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, basically the last 10% of the match... Somehow the Shield finds their second, third, fourth win and is able to to rattle off three eliminations and win the matchup. Um, I'm not going to totally crap on the match. I thought it was a very good match. Had a little bit of a problem with the ending of it. Uh, What this told me, at least, is for the time being, they're more concerned with selling the Shield as a unit, and they're not looking forward to Farley as, so too far as far as um, these guys being individual stars, uh, they're they're looking at at putting this this faction over as a faction as a very powerful faction, and they did that. Uh, they beat Evolution, they swept them as it were. Uh, you know this faction main evented. Uh, they looked strong as hell as as the uh, pay per view ended um i'm curious what we're going to see tonight do we have uh, different people going after uh, shield do we have uh the locker room emptying again going after shield uh who knows i would expect uh shield to get uh some sort of comeuppance tonight but um yeah i thought a very good matchup perhaps the match of the night however i did have a little bit of problem for me uh, how the match ended your thoughts
3: yeah, I wasn't really um, – I'll be honest with you, I fell asleep turning the mats last night. I watched it this morning. And, uh, you know, it was a good brawl. Um, not as good as last month with Extreme Rules. I was surprised by the sweep. But I think the sweep proved that, you know, we're seeing a change with these guys and these guys are the future. Um, I don't necessarily agree that it showed that these guys are a group, um, you know, really emphasized them being a group more or less. I could kind of understand where you're coming from. Um, I don't think that was the real emphasis. I think it was more or less the, the emphasis was that this was a war, this was survival. Um, and, you know, watching the post-show that I watched this morning, it showed to me that, um, you know, these guys are – Ambrose made a great point in the, in the post-show. He said, you know, we're crazy. We'll go a different level. We don't care. And I think that kind of proved last night in, the, in their performance that, you know, they could just come out of nowhere and take over. And that's what I think they did in that 10% of the match that you were talking about. I liked it. I didn't like it as much as Extreme Rules, but I was really surprised in the clean sweep and especially with Hunter taking the fall at the end. It definitely shows that you know things are times are changing.
0: Yeah, it was interesting because I mean the reason why like I saw it as, as really putting over the group as a group more than looking at individuals is is the fact that you know, as we were watching, I was watching with a group and we were all kind of hoping for, you know, that that end where, you know, it was Triple H versus um, you know, Roman Reigns and and we we're set up uh, you know, perhaps a one-on-one at, at SummerSlam or something down the road and uh, we were looking for that one-on-one confrontation and we didn't get that. Uh, we got just the Shield coming out strong. Um, you know, so Again, I, I, I'm i not going to totally... I thought the match was very entertaining. I just had a little bit of a problem with the end of it. Um, but it does raise some interesting questions coming into tonight's Monday Night Raw. Uh, you know, where does this program go? Is this program definitively over? Do we see uh, Evolution evolve? I mean, Triple H has been beating us over the head with Adapt or Perish. Um, does Evolution adapt? Do we see a new version of Evolution and... We're looking at right now, I mean, speculation, Dave, is that tonight will be Batista's last night on television, at least for the foreseeable future.
3: Yeah. Um, I don't know when he's expected to come back, but it looks like to me that tonight is, you know, the, the, the end of his current run. He signed to a two-year deal, so I would imagine sometime in the fall he'll come back. But the way that they write him off is going to be interesting. I'm sure that he's not going to get the most positive reaction when he returns because this Bautista chant that has been going on and just the, the negative reaction that he has gotten from the audience is kind of catching on. However, um, how do they interact with, How does he interact with the rest of Evolution is the, is, the, is the real story for me, at least. Do they kind of kick him out in a way, um, kind of like what they did to Orton the first time around? I don't know. I'm I'm real interested to see how they write him off tonight. Hopefully it's something good that will definitely get him back into play as time goes on.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was the first guy eliminated. Um, Do they use that? I I agree with you. Like, what exactly do we see? Uh, Does Evolution boot him out? Does he get his his ass kicked on the way out? Does does he come out and just say, I'm done, I quit? Uh, You know, it's not like he hasn't done that before. Uh, That should be interesting. So, uh, you know, Evolution, perhaps on their last legs. Well, like I said, I mean, if I was a betting man, I would say Evolution is done. But I'm not 100% sure, only because they really kept driving that point home, adapt or perish. So we may see Monday Night Raw start off with it looks like Evolution is done, and maybe by the end of Raw, we wind up seeing a new evolution. Remains to be seen. Interesting stuff to guess and speculate on. But let's go back out to the phones. We got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing tonight?
5: Adapt or perish. That's the, like you said, they're beating it over the head. Um, I'm doing good. But that's where we're going, adapt or perish. I say, I say evolution better adapt. I say Triple H better recoup this, this group and do something. Because it's 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 definitely going to pique my interest.
0: So, what, I mean, if you were going to guess, like, what do, what do you think they're going to wind up doing tonight?
5: Uh, if I was going to guess, I I mean, I don't know. I mean, they could play the they could play, they could play the blame game. I don't know. I I don't know. They could they could they could put a new group together. They could I don't know. I I want to know what happened to Flair. That's what I like to know. What happened to Rick?
0: I agree with you. I mean, looking back on that that segment that occurred a a few weeks ago, um, you know, it's almost like they just wanted Rick there just to kind of explain why he's not part of Evolution, and then he left. Uh, It it was it was a weird segment for me. It didn't. uh, I don't think it was Flair's best. It was it was kind of odd. I mean, it's a good rub especially, I mean, now when you look at the Shield, I mean, you have Evolution has put them over, uh, Flair threw his support their way. So the the Shield is in a great spot right now. Um, but you're right. Like, are we going to see Ric Flair? Does Flair show up at some point? Uh, uh,
5: remains to be seen. Did you get to see Payback last night, Mike? No, I didn't. I was watching the uh, the Total Divas uh the finale of the Total Divas Well
0: how was that you know we haven't Touched upon that at
5: all how was the finale Of Total Divas It was you know it was what we all Could expect it was it was a great Show I mean I, I like the Total Divas I like the reality concept I mean yes it's a little fetched About what's going to happen With John Cena and, and, and Nicole And what's going to happen with Bray Wyatt and Bray Wyatt excuse me Daniel Daniel and 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 Bree and and all this other stuff. Um, I tell you, the one thing I like about this show is that the storylines that come out of it. Summer Ray, you know, going crazy now. You know, it's it's, cra- it's great. You know, Natalia looks like she's going to be a heel soon. I mean, it's it's fun. You know? And Eva Marie I and mean, Eva, what can we say about Eva? You know, she... She's, uh, her refereeing skills suck, but other than that, and and her wrestling, her wrestling is okay. But, you know, but that's the I WWE. Think, I think you're being a little kind. But the, yeah, that's that's too the, kind. but that's the WWE's fault because you know somebody said to me, "How come she got you know pushed right in that spot? She should have did her training like everybody else." Well, I, I but you know what you it, is. it is, I agree with Eva you. Even pretty Prettyface and and Vince McMahon wants to see her face or whatever it is he wants to see. I don't know. We all, we all know about Vince. We all know about Vince and his wandering eye. <laughs> he loves the ladies. And I, who could blame him? I love, you know, my love to Vince and, and his wandering eye. Who can blame him? But I mean, you bring, the, you bring up a really good, good point,
0: Mike. I mean, that, you know, and we've done it on the show. I mean, we've criticized Eva Marie. But, yeah, I mean, if you're going to put someone on TV and in the ring when they're really not ready and it's pretty obvious she's not ready. You know, it, it's a good point. You got to place blame, uh, at least a little bit, on the WWE for putting her on TV before uh, she was ready. What are your thoughts, Dave?
3: I totally agree. I I I I don't think she's a good wrestler, but that's not her fault per se. Um, it's it's the company's fault. They wanted to you know put her on TV because she's you know got a marketable look with the red hair, and they felt that. You know they could do something with her, and they really haven't done anything with her, and they don't give her enough time to really train and develop and become, you know, a better performer. So that's yeah, that's their fault for her in ring ability. Um, if they use her in a role where she was like a valet to somebody, if she was just a you know a, a, an arm piece to a guy, that would probably suit her better. While they have her train, while they have her down in, in Florida in NXT, but you know the Total Divas show it's very popular, so. They put her on that, then they have her on Raw and SmackDown doing stuff. Granted, she doesn't look the best, but at the same time, though, that's been talked about her on the Total Divas show, that her skills are limited because of that stuff. So, I mean, I guess it all makes sense in the end, but I would have I done it differently um, by having her appear as, like, somebody's, you know, arm piece to, you know, a valet to somebody at first, before they just threw her right in the ring to, to get eaten alive
5: and 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 you know something summer my my nieces and nephews said to me what did you think about when summer ray got offered the part in marine 4 i said what the movie that's going straight to dvd come on give me a break everybody everybody knows marine 4 i mean yeah she's in the movie good for her i'm happy that her career's taken off but come on that's the movie come on you know i, heard, I mean, I mean- you know, I mean, come on. She's not. You know, that's like when Ted DiBiase came to. We had. I had a school, and Ted DiBiase uh, was telling me about his son. You know, was in the. Was it with the? What movie was that? The Marine Three? He was in or something. What? Yeah, he was, was in. Wait.
0: Out. Yeah, was it Marine? Was it two or three? I think. It, I think I it was DiBiase was two.
5: Yeah. And Miss anyway, and I, I. All right, and I yelled out straight to DVD, and then and Ted DiBiase turned around and went, who said that? It was kind of funny, because Ted DiBiase, at, at my, we had, they had a seminar, and I was the booker at the time, and he came down, and Ted DiBiase was talking about, you know, like the little guys and how he didn't think all these little, you know, he didn't think Ray Mysterio could do it, and all these little guys when, when he first, you know, when he, they first came into WCW, he didn't think they had a place. In wrestling. And you know what? I stood there and I'm saying, you know, that's a nice speech, but what is it doing for my little guys that I have here? What is it, how is it encouraging the little guys that, you know, I mean, it, you know, in wrestling, it's little guys, big guys, you know, huge guys, over guys. I mean, you know, and Teddy DiBiase, to me, he was a great technical, you know, good technical wrestler, good wrestler, good charisma, but. As far as all the other stuff, I mean, that that's just that's just how I how I looked at it. But I remember saying, Ken DiPiase, you know, that's my, my whole point to this is these stars, they go in and they make movies. You know, they keep on making these remakes of, of movies. That, and, and didn't watch his name make one, too, in that? Didn't he get a part? Uh, what the heck's his name? Ken, uh, what the hell is his name? Oh, Anderson? Yeah, Anderson.
0: He was in one too, right? He wasn't He was he wasn't in a Marine. He was in uh, some other movie. We. I mean, we can go through all the, the bad movies, and you're right. I mean, DiBiase, Miz, Anderson, I mean, those guys have made John Cena look like Sir Lawrence Olivier. It's been a... Yeah, I was going to say,
5: John the, Cena the best, started it right. Exactly,
0: yep. Hasn't been the best run of movies, but, you know, I, mm-hmm. I mean, some of them are entertaining. I thought the first Marine was entertaining, but uh, we digress. Uh, Mike, thanks that's for... That's right, we 12.
5: Call. Okay, well, we'll, see, we'll talk to you guys Next week, uh, and I'm going to be watching Monday Night Raw tonight, I also want to find out what's going to happen with this Bray Wyatt and John Cena thing. They can wrap it up and do something with it. John Cena, obviously, I don't know, you know, John Cena to me is, I like John Cena, don't have a bad word to say about him, but the fans seem to like Bray Wyatt, and I'm shocked that Bray Wyatt didn't go over last night.
0: I, I mean, am doing. Thanks a lot hey, for the call. We're going to talk all right, about thanks, right
5: thanks, guys. I'll talk to you next week,
0: man. Yeah, right. it, it, it's funny because it, it's like the Bray Wyatt, John Cena thing. I, I get it. I, I really do. Uh, and, you know, we've said it over and over again on the show. We're not Cena haters uh, on this show. Um, we, we try to be objective. I get it. I get where people were, were thinking, you know, Bray should have gone over. Um, you know, and maybe he should have. Maybe Bray should have gone over last night. However, I don't necessarily look at this as the death of the Bray Wyatt character. And, and Dave, I think you really nailed something where, you know, I'm looking forward tonight to another brilliant promo out of Bray Wyatt. And like you said, Bray Wyatt uh, is one of those guys, you know, to to reference actually Dark Knight when uh, Alfred was talking about the Joker and said, you know, some people just want to burn it all to the ground. Um, you know, where the Joker just had it He didn't care about money Didn't care about anything else Just wanted to burn it all to the ground oh. And I think you're kind of setting up a little bit with You know, with that with Bray Wyatt And you said, Dave He's a guy that doesn't really care about wins and losses He cares about wreaking havoc And again, looking forward to a, a very good promo tonight uh, To see his thoughts on the match last night But I, I think it, it, it can be a bit overstated the quote-unquote damage uh, losing to John Cena is for the Bray Wyatt character.
3: Well, the way his character is designed, I don't think there's really much damage done. It's kind of like, like The Undertaker in a way. You know? And a lot of people will look, you know, say to me, oh, that's apples and oranges right there. But The Undertaker was a very indestructible character. But how many times was he sent away only to come back from the dead? I mean, I remember when I was a kid, they pronounced him that he was dead but you couldn't hurt him because he was really dead at one point. He was known as the dead man. So I think this doesn't hurt Bray Wyatt in any any way, shape, or form, especially when they have gone out of their way to say that this isn't, you know, he's not out to win and lose. He's out to destroy things um, in in any way he possibly can, whether it's physically, mentally, psychologically. Um, I think another reason why John Cena won this match, and this may be a little far-fetched, but this just kind of popped up in my head, Um, you know, he's a, He's the most request. He's got the most wishes for Make-A-Wish. Those kids, like you know, their wishes, you know, is to meet him before they die. And he's got the most wishes amongst any 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 entertainer, celebrity, athlete. I think uh, for over four hundred and counting um, in the in the history of that program, Make-A-Wish. And I think WWE is proud of the fact that one of their own has that accolade strapped onto them. And they don't wanna kinda of, they don't wanna tarnish that John Cena brand and that character in a way by having him lose to a guy like a Bray Wyatt. Sign kids they look up to him. Like is it not only as for his morals and his values, but they look at him like he's a superhero because he has, you know, done some incredible things on WWE television over the years. So I think that might have to play into it from a public relations standpoint as to why he's seen in such a you know, a, a winning light. So to speak So that, that I could be wrong But I think that might factor into it as well
0: Should be interesting to see How that plays itself out Let's go back out of the phone So we got Dank who's been waiting patiently Dank how you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing good how you gentlemen doing?
0: Doing alright What are your thoughts on everything going on WWE?
1: Oh I so, uh, caught the pay-per-view last night And uh, it was entertaining um, Not one of the best ones I would say, but it was definitely It um, it, it kept me going um, With the whole Wyatt Cena um, I think bet- between like the, How demented he can be One person I'd love to see him Go after just because he would go Hit for hit would be Kane With how insane Kane Has been over the years And how Wyatt Going down that path, but even on a darker level, I think it would be it would make for a very interesting um segment between the two of them to see how they can outdo each other and in the meantime scare the crap out of us because we just never know what to expect anymore um but that's just you know as always my opinion um I know like i haven't i've been working the past couple of weeks and i haven't been able to touch base with you guys. I want to take a step back from the pay per view and I want to talk about Vince and uh, reading the fact that he's lost a third of what he's worth. The stocks hit, like plummeted, and the Board of Trustees basically, I don't know if they still do, but there was word that they wanted to vote him out. If you're Vince, is there any way that you can salvage your job? And if not, who is ready, in your opinion, to take his place to run the company if Vince McMahon is no longer the CEO of the company?
0: Well, I, I think the players are in place. I mean, I, I you know, when, when stuff like that happens, I mean, I take it all the grain and salt until something actually happens. Uh, you know, the market fluctuates, Start stocks fluctuate. I mean, it, it is a cause for concern. I think it is one of those things. Also, you know, you lose. Now, granted, stocks go down, you lose money. The stocks rebound, that money will come back. So, you know, losing, I mean, look, he lost $350 million. That, that's nothing to sneeze at. But I don't think it's like, you know, that money is necessarily just gone. Um, and I'm, I'm in no way, shape, or form an economist um, but I do think it's cause for concern, and, and as we're talking about John Cena and Bray Wyatt, I do think it's one of those things that if, in some way, shape, or form, they were thinking about pulling Cena away from that top spot, um, you know, maybe they rethought that. Uh, he's their top guy. He's been their top guy for a long time. He's tried and true. Uh, let's, let's keep him in that spot because we need to make some, uh, some money back, and he's, he's bonafide uh, marketable. Um, I, as far as the power structure, I mean, if, if Vince McMahon was out, um, I, I think the players are there. I mean, Stephanie's there, Triple H is there. Um, you know, that's, that's where I'd lean towards as far as who'd run the company. I mean, the, the things you're hearing, uh, those guys are pretty much uh, running things as it is. Uh, it would be tough for me to speculate any further as far as uh, people in the front office who, whom I don't know um but i i think for the time being you know vince McMahon has weathered some significant storms in the past um i think it's something that's cause for concern um but i think it may have been in the media what do you think dave
3: uh, well their stock i mean yeah like you said 350 million dollars is nothing to sneeze at and a lot of that has to do with the disappointment of the the network and how the network didn't, has not reached its 1 million subscriber goal. They're supposed to be reaching that at the end of this year. Um, And also the fact that their television deal that they just signed with NBC Universal isn't as lucrative as they had thought it was going to be. And the investors and the stockholders are extremely upset that they're not getting a return, so to speak. Um, I know, like like Ken said, I'm not an economist either and I don't know, um You know, I, I couldn't tell you how to, you know, the, the economics behind running the day-to-day operations of that company, um, but it's, you know, he's weathered a lot of storms before. I'm sure he's going to be. I'm sure he's going to do just fine right now. Um, I think over time, the investment's going to come back. The money's going to come back, and you know, their stock, you know, a few years ago was at the current price it's at now, which is like eleven dollars and change or whatever. Yeah. At the, in the in the middle of March it was at thirty bucks because the w w e network launch um you know saw a huge bump in subscribers um from like you know four hundred thousand to like six hundred and sixty thousand over the course of like a week so the the stock was definitely uh, you know had gone up it was at like thirty dollars it'll get back to that point at some point um i just think that you know right now that they, they they've taken a hit and they're gonna just have to they're gonna have to eat it and wait till you know, things get better business-wise, until they, till they figure out how the network is going to, you know, be the, the, the long-term goal of um, financial success for them, because that's what they're really banking on is that and moving away from pay-per-view. Um, as far as successors, it's Hunter and Stephanie. Good. Like Ken said, they're running the day-to-day operations right now. Hunter's the one that created that performance center. He's the one that's molded the NXT developmental territory to what it is right now. He's got a vision. He's got a plan. And it's, it, it's working, at least from my opinion, it's working. The, 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 the array of talent that he has discovered and molded and turned into what they are, the Wyatt, the shield and you know, the Cesaros and other names that are down there in NXT right now. You're looking at the future of that company right there and he's got a lot to do with it. So, uh, I, I think they're going to be just fine. $350 million, you a lot to sneeze at, but they'll, they'll do just fine.
1: Okay. I'll talk to you guys next week.
0: Thanks a lot for the call, Dan. Take it easy. Later. So, as we said, you know, coming out of last night's pay-per-view, uh, definitely, which is good, you know, and and maybe and it's funny, Dave, as we're talking about this pay-per-view, maybe it was even better than when we thought. You know, we started off with, like, good, not great But one of the things I do really like about this pay-per-view is it gave us a solid three hours. But it also really sets you up for Monday Night Raw. I think sometimes you you have a a pay-per-view that maybe it's good but doesn't get you excited for Raw. But sometimes you have a pay-per-view that just sets up Raw. And it feels like you you wasted your money on on, uh, the pay-per-view because it just sets up Monday Night. I, I think you got both last night. Um, There's a lot of question marks coming out of the pay-per-view So a lot of stuff I want to see tonight Um, But it gave you a solid three hours of entertainment Uh, You know, smaller storylines Want to see what we're going to see out of Cesaro and Sheamus Want to see what we're going to see out of uh, Rusev But really, really curious about the two main storylines Evolution Shield, uh, Cena and Wyatt So lots of stuff to get through in the three hours And as we talked, you know a while ago, when Raw went to three hours, this is a show you kind of need the three-hour Raw. Lots of stuff to get settled tonight.
3: Yeah, uh, the, I'm kind of interested in it all, to be honest with you. Coming out of last night, kind of interested in if Cesaro and Sheamus are going to go out again. Kind of interested in where you know Barrett's you know Intercontinental Reign is at. I'm kind of interested in the Rusev Biggie. Hopefully that flounders, you know, and they continue to work with each other. S.H.I.E.L.D. Evolution, how do they explain Batista's possible departure? Where do they go next? Scene and why? Are they going to continue? I mean, I'm kind of interested in everything to see how it turns out. And I'm kind of hoping for some surprises. Except yeah, for think- Warren and El Fredo. I could care less about what happens with them. I'm done with that, the, the little midget <laughs> feud. Excuse, excuse me, bring little people out there to listen. I'm done with the little people feud. That's the, I'm done with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, they, they can leave that off. I'll, I'll, I'll be okay <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting. There's a lot of stuff. And, you know, it, it's kind of cool. You know, wrestling fans, you know, kind of, kind of enjoy what you got when you got it. You know, like, pull back a little bit. Maybe stop with the complaining a bit. Because, you know, a few years back, you know, or last year, I have no concept of time. But, anyway, when Raw went to three hours, we talked a lot about not having enough uh, substantial storylines and material to really fill the three hours. Talked a lot about uh, You know, wanting more Substantial mid-card Storylines, wanting more substantial Mid-card players That we actually give a damn about We got that now Um, You know, there might be Some guys you love, some guys you hate um, But you got A lot going on right now And you got, like you said, I'm real Curious about Rusev and Big E Uh, That's nowhere close to the main event um, but I'm excited about it, so I'm really curious how that is all going to play out. You've got the whole roster you know, involved. Um, I think you're, you're looking forward to a, lot, a very entertaining three hours. Hopefully we get some answers to the questions we're asking, and I think we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about next week. Thank you all for tuning in. Your calls are awesome tonight. Enjoy Raw. Get on the Facebook for the chat. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody.